back. Welcome back to Bully Honest Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris. And this is the intro for Season 6, Episode 1. I appreciate y'all for staying tuned through all these seasons, even when we was in transition to audio only. But I appreciate y'all for tuning in. But this week, just like any other time, we have a special guest. Now, this special guest happens to be, I'm going to say it for she do, my girlfriend's <laughs> older cousin. Now, you know... I'm going to let her go and introduce herself. Hi, everyone. So, I am... I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I am Talaya. Um, again, as Chris stated already, I am um, his girlfriend's oldest cousin from New Jersey. Um, so, while in New Jersey, I am a teacher. I am a doula. Um, I'm a mother of a teenager. Um, and I'm on this journey to heal and... Uh, like yes to have fun but to really heal so that it could be a better um life for my daughter and i thank you chris um like for having me no problem you know how it goes but i'm glad you just brought up the last part about your journey um which is definitely about our topic today which is the healing part the healing the growth and the ability to recognize that there are some things that need to be handled and addressed and fixed and more so in this conversation, we're talking about our families, um, specifically black families. I don't, I don't know any other families because I'm black. So what I mean by that is we all have older cousins, siblings, mothers, aunts, dad, all this stuff. And a lot of scenarios, it's very rare that you find this, but a lot of scenarios have people who are dealing with traumas from their childhood to adulthood, early adulthood, all those things that are never addressed. And it's even to the point where there are secrets that kind of float around in their own little circle of family members, from brothers and sisters, uncles, all this stuff, that nobody ever addresses. And that is what the problem is right there. This is why we have such a big issue with communications in our family. Um, a lot of things are the hush-hush. So I don't know if you want to jump into it directly or I can, but... I want you to kind of not only speak of what you see since you're on this healing journey, but some of the things that we can kind of talk about that could possibly fix and we're going to take care of that in this episode. Okay, so um, one of the main things that I'm noticing, um, and this is going back for a few years, but even most recently, um, our family had like a family circle and some some things came out. Um and it was a lot of tears, um, a lot of things that was said. But one thing I've learned is the older generation, they like to hold things back. And then when us as our generation, like we come and we ask them, they get, um, and I don't want to say mad, but they get very defensive. And it's like, well, why are you being that way when I'm just trying to figure out so that I can be better and I can understand the things that I'm going through? Um, so um, with our generation, we were also like the scene, but not her kids. So it's just like, okay, we get that we couldn't say a lot growing up, but now like we're to the point like, nah, that wasn't cool. What's up? let's figure out what we need to do so we could be better overall as a family. So that's pretty much what I've been seeing so far in these last few years. And I feel, even though there's a difference in age, it's not really a huge difference in generation because I'm in that kind of middle ground where I'm still part of y'all generation, but I'm also a part of that city's new generation as well. <laughs> so I'm in the middle zone. I got the old school ways of being raised but the new mm -hmm. school ways of seeing what they're doing so it's, a, it's in there but the reason why I said it is a lot of things that you were raised with I was raised with as well and, mm -hmm. which is crazy because you're raised in Jersey I'm raised in the south which you would think is a little bit different than how people are raised but it's not when it comes to black people so one thing that I've noticed and I didn't notice this when I was up there with y'all but I noticed this even with my own immediate family a lot of people like you said get defensive about things that they are uncomfortable with I know as children we were told oh it's an adult conversation go to the other corner with the kids or go sit down somewhere find you something to do but in reality some of those things it is appropriate certain times for kids to be around but some of those things we need to hear yeah. like for instance let's say I was a uh, fly on the wall while y'all was having that conversation the other day 
just to hear that conversation, not necessarily know y'all business, but to hear how the conversation kind of went down could trigger me to go back and talk to my own friend about some things I'm uncomfortable with. So it's all about growth. And that's really what I think a lot of people are held back from. They don't know how to grow. They don't know the proper ways to deal with trauma. They don't know the proper ways to communicate issues. They don't know if those things should be addressed because they've been told you just deal with it and go on about your business. Business, yep. yep. So a lot of those things kind of just sit in the back of your mind. And sadly, some people even forget about it till they're triggered. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that a lot of people don't realize that we all have triggers for certain things mentally. Yep. Everything has a trigger point. So if I say, well, you didn't do this when you was a child or you didn't do this, you didn't do that. You may be giving me reminders of my childhood and how I was verbally abused from my parents or whatever was going on. So for me to grow past that, I have to, and I'm talking about more so a partner. Let's say you have a current relationship and you and this person are in a, you know, a way of communicating things healthy. And you start to talk about some of the things that you're uncomfortable with. And then the, the more you speak on it, the more you realize that these are traumas. These are triggers. These are traumas that you're dealing with. And that's why it's important to have a supportive partner. I know we kind of off topic, but it makes sense. But Hold it makes on. sense. Yeah. To have a supportive partner means that you have somebody who is not going to uphold the BS, but will help you through your journey of whatever you're going through to make sure that you could properly heal from it and grow past it and move past it so you won't go back to it, like relapsing. Yeah. So if I'm telling you that yelling in my face and calling me slander, all that different stuff is a trigger for me, let's let's talk about why. Why is it such a trigger for somebody to raise their voice at you? Why is it a trigger for somebody to go on hush mouth when they get upset? Why are those mm-hmm. things happening? And I think that's why this generation is so stuck on therapy. I have no issue with therapy. I have no issue with going to a therapist and sitting in sessions (laughs) and talking about things. But one thing that I noticed, because I was just in therapy, you have to have the right person. Yes, that is true. (laughs) Because, you know, I, when I was a child, they tried to put me in therapy. Ain't work. I wasn't going for it. Now as an adult, I had a different approach on it. So I looked at things like, you know what, let me get this a try. And it was just like, asking they were asking questions which ain't no problem but i'm looking for a resolution maybe give me a plan on something to work on because when i'll just kind of be open i went to therapy after my father passed okay okay i was huh no i was saying okay like like i understand so i was dealing with things and it was like you know what i know people talk about this so let me give it a try Mm -hmm. and i went and addressed it in the first two sessions then the next session, the third one, it was just like, okay, what else is going on? I, I don't have anything else. That was all I came from. So my book of issues and my way of seeing it wasn't that deep. But I think with the right person, it would have maybe brought the conversation a little bit more in depth so I could understand it. And maybe I would have had things to express that I'm dealing with. But I, I think it's important to have the right people around you when you're talking about things, which kind of goes into the family. Yeah. Um, everybody's not needed for everything in the family. And I know some people kind of get uncomfortable when you talk about, oh, we family, blood thicker than water. That's fine. But just because we family don't make you not human. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by yeah. that is we all make errors. We all have faults. We all have failures. We all are human at the end of the day. But as being human, every human don't work well. We can True. come the same parents. And we may not be able to work well in the same room at all. That's true. And go ahead. Um, I would say, so even talking about that same parents, like my brother and I are nine years apart. My parents Mm -hmm. had me when they were 19. They had him, I believe, when they were like 27. Um, And just how he do things, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, even me at 38, I'm like, hmm. I don't know if that's going to be right. You know, like, and you, like, it's a different respect. Whereas my brother, he's coming like, I don't care. Like, I, like either he don't got to show up for a family function and he's okay with it. But me, like, I'll feel bad if I don't, you know? And, and I think because more so then, 
and, and and like I'm not saying that family time wasn't as important than when he was born but when I was born like everybody was around and it was just like everybody you know like I don't know if because they got older at that point and now everybody's lives is going separate but it's just a thing whereas you could be in the same family but you could have different values mm-hmm. of things that's true and so, I Go ahead. Yeah, so I was saying, like, so for me, yeah, like, I value, like, my friends and my family. And not that my brother doesn't. Like, he does his very immediate. And when I say immediate, it's very immediate. <laughs> Everybody else is like, all right, I'll see you when I see you. And that's it. Right. So do you think, see, y'all have a nine-year difference. Me and my brother have that five, six-year difference. And even with the way that we were raised, um... And same mom, same dad. But mm-hmm. I have more of a my value in life is family. And that doesn't say his isn't, just like you said. But mine is more so in the leadership way. Like I, I'm gonna lead. Yeah. Like, I have a different understanding of what's important. I know need to get this done now. I have to protect. I have to lead. All those different things. But in his eyes, life is a bliss, and you know, <laughs> it'll figure itself out. But I can't be that way so I, I get it being raised in the same household and having different sets of value but I guess that goes back to the human side of things as well yep so um that, that's that's not a bad that's not a bad point it's interesting that you said it because it just makes me think like even our aunts and uncles and grandparents and stuff the way they were raised does have a direct effect on their views about things that we look at. Like we sitting here talking about, yeah, you need to express these things and you need to talk to your sister about that and you need to, exp- you know, all that stuff. They may have been raised in a way where just just shut up and keep moving and be blessed that you got another day to live, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's sad. It's sad because to an extent, I can't blame them because that's what they were raised on. But I think it's our job, sadly, this generation's after them, I think it's our job to try to fix that. I, I think we're the generation, these two little generations here are the the errors that will fix those communication barriers. And yeah, I think it's very important that we do it. Yeah, um, and I say that too, because if you think about, so say like the 80s kids, most of us, if I think about the professions that we all have, it's either educators, it's um, social workers, um, it's hospital workers, um, you know, or something that does with helping. Like, it's something that we feel like we're giving back or we're trying to hear somebody's story to see, you know, like to try to connect the dots. Um, and then even with some of the 90s kids, it's the same way. But then you get more of them that's like, all right, I'm with the helping, you know, others, but I'm trying to help myself too. Right. <laughs> you know, like, what's up with that part? And I just think it just always cycles back, um, as you were saying, like, about, like, the slave mentality, because it's just like, okay, where did it really start from? Was right. it really, like, the slave mentality? And most likely it was, but then it's just like, but why was it okay after slavery, now that they had their freedom, what kept them in slave mentality? So, like, my... Is, Go ahead, keep going. No, like, so I was saying, like, what not wanting to speak up or to talk about certain things to help the next generations after them so that they wouldn't have that certain um, like mindset like just live completely like that because right. in a way it's like it's, it's stifling and you know and you're trying to push past something but it's like am I really trying to push past my 38 years of life or am I trying to push past my mom's um she's 58 um 58 years of life or my nana's or my grandma you know so it's just like whose years am i really trying to push past from because it's just like is it can become heavy sometimes like like you have your own stuff but then you feel like well why am i going through this when i really don't have to go (laughs) so that's all that was coming like to my mind just now you hit on some good points. Now, you know, well, all of this, you know how we do this. But sadly, we have to take a break because we got to take care of some things in the background. But um, this is Brilliant on this podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and we have to lay him. And you're listening on the RWR Live 365 app, and we'll be right back with you.
back to the Building Honest Podcast. And I'm your host, Chris. I have a special guest today of... Miss Talaya Hawk from New Jersey. Actually, you sound like a chat <laughs> But, <laughs> my bad, y'all, my bad. Um, but today, of course, we reintroduce. This is season six, episode one. And today we're talking about... Like I said, I don't really have a title for it, but I'm going to call it Family Affairs or Addressing Family Affairs and Family Business. You hit on a good point before we went to break. Your question was, what is it that is holding people back? If we're getting past the whole slave era and the slave mentality. What is taking us to the next step that's taken us this far into our generations past that, where we have a, a setback on wanting to communicate those things or so teaching the next generation about the things that we failed on or the things that they failed on, excuse me. I think the key word for that is fear. Mm-hmm. Fear okay. is what stops people from growing. See, today we're kind of talking about growth overall. It's it's all about growth in general. When you talk about healing and stuff like that, you're growing past whatever you dealt with. I think fear is one of the biggest holding things on people because what other reason, and I could be wrong, but what other reason would you be cautious about addressing things or cautious of addressing things when people, when they did wrong? You know, all those different things other than the fear of the unknown or the fear of what you do know could happen. True. True. Um, yeah, fear can... <laughs> you got me there because fear can really stop you from a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of us, it is the fear of the unknown. Um, and but I'm like, if you get up and say you go to a concert, it's always an unknown. But but you still get up and go, um, or to job, you know, or to work, or like if you go outside for a walk, there's always an unknown with something. But you don't allow fear to stop you. Right. So I guess I guess one thing I could say. Um, fear is built um, because you have to go through something to be able to fear it. Sure. Because, like you said, we go to work every day. We get in our cars every day. We wake up. You wake up and you could have something that bad happen to you. But for the most part, mentally, we don't live in fear for every step that we take. I'm sure some people do, which I pray to get past that too. But we don't fear the norm. We fear the unnormal or the unknown, like we said. And sometimes those traumatic experiences that we talk, so let's say, just as simple as this, there's other examples, but I was talking about earlier, our parents, you come around as a child, your parents have an adult conversation, quote unquote, they'll tell you to go sit down somewhere, or you try to address something with them as a child, they say stay in the child's place. Yes. Even though it's not traumatic in the way of like, they used to beat the dog crap out of you, but it's still a traumatic thing and maybe I'm using the wrong word for this but it's something that sets you back because you have a fear that if I express myself somebody gonna tell me shut up pretty much yeah yeah stay in my lane stay in your lane yep so that it's a learned behavior I'll say that not necessarily traumatic experiences but it's a learned behavior and once you learn something and continue to do it over and over again it becomes human nature to always be that way Mm mm-hmm so a lot of things, like I said, this conversation can really go deep. It I'm gonna can. Try to, I'm going to try to not take it too dark, but it really can go that way. But um, a lot of things and a lot of times we unintentionally avoid certain situations or we unintentionally avoid certain conversations with certain individuals because we don't want to deal with things. Um, like me personally, I'll kind of be the... <laughs> The one that takes the throne with this one. But I have an ability, well, I have an issue with sometimes addressing certain situations because I don't like the to deal with the argument that could come from it. I'm not an argumentative person. So once you get to arguing with somebody, I shut down. Okay. So a lot of times, let's say, just an example, this ain't happening. But let's say me and Shavante got into something and she doesn't see things the way that I see it or I don't see the things that she sees her way I'll shut down because okay. I'll have a conversation with you but once you get to you know raising your voice and stuff like that 
I shut down because that takes him back to childhood. Ooh. And you yelled at me as a child. It put me in a bubble. You know what? Y'all got it. Y'all got okay. it. And then okay. on the other side of that, um, when I look at a woman, I don't look at a woman, and this ain't a sexist thing, but I don't look at a woman in a threatening manner. See, if you was a dude and you was yelling at me, my first line of defense is to hit you in your mouth. But if you're a woman, you're going to just look at, say, oh, she probably going through something or... I don't even think I think about that at first. I just kind of selfishly related to myself and just say, I'm not dealing with that. Okay. So I'm going to shut it down because I can't hit you. I'm not going to hit you, a woman. Yeah. But yeah. if you're a dude and we get into a disagreement, we have a conversation and you booting up or whatever. I know I'm sound like South now, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you have to break down that booting up. <laughs> all right. Booting up is like getting aggressive, you know, getting hyped up, all those different things. That's what booting up is. You boot up at somebody, you pretty much tell them you want to fight. Okay. So okay. arguing with somebody, you could be booting up, you know, yeah, you ain't going to do this, blase, blase. That's booting up. I guess it's for the people out there, too. Yeah. <laughs> My bad, so, y'all. So you ready to rule, like you ready to rock. All right, right, okay. right, right. Okay. So if you're doing that and you would do with me, I'm not going to argue with you. I don't have that middle ground where there's a conversation we need to be having. My energy is focused on tearing you a new one, if that's what you want to do. So with a woman, I look at it the same way, but I also understand that's a woman. I can't hit a woman. So if you want to argue and all that, I'm going to shut down the conversation so you're going to be talking to yourself. Okay. Now, okay. that's not a good trait to have. That's just me being open and honest about some things that I'm still trying to grow through. Okay. Okay. So you need time, too. So you won't say the wrong stuff. Right. Do the wrong things. That makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. But so how even- would you... So say if you learn like just like if you could just think maybe like maybe like a year or two from now if things so say something like that happened how how would you want to deal with the um female like instead of just shutting down and like all right like you got it at that moment i guess one thing that i have to and again it's still a work in progress um learn how to de-escalate a situation a little bit better Mm-hmm. my thought process is if I allow you to get out what you need to say I can sit back and process it I'm just not going to give you a response at the moment because I don't want to say the wrong thing so maybe being able to stay calm in the situation even with the yelling which I, like I said I don't do the yelling the other part of you usually does but if even with that a simple response of I understand what you're saying I'm willing to work on what you're asking for and how do we move forward. So kind of reverting the conversation from the aggressive manner to maybe the de-escalation where I'm absorbing what you're saying at the moment and listening and taking that and making it my own instead of throwing it back as an issue on both ends. Okay. So I like how you said that because if we took it back to even family wise, like you see how like you was like, all right, what I could do is blah, blah, blah. I wish families could take a step back for a moment and think about how they could speak to either their children, their nieces, nephew, grandkids, whoever, to help them to understand what they went through growing up. Because one thing during our family session, like we had, um, was now like two weeks ago. Um, one thing I know one of my cousins kept emphasizing on is I don't need a Bible verse thrown at me. Mm. What I need for you is to tell me what you've been through so that I can understand me or I could do better. And for me, that spoke volumes because I'm just like, if our families, my mother, my father, aunts, uncles, um, or whoever, if they could just take a step back and say, okay, I handled it this way for so many years. I see that it's not working. How can I, next time I'm asked, just even like a little bit, give a little bit of a difference to make, you know, like the next person feel okay or to start to understand me. 
And sometimes like people feel like they got to tell it all at, at first and you don't. Like just give a snippet, just like going to a therapist. When we all first go to therapy, we always talk about all the good stuff. Really don't want to talk about all the bad stuff at first. So you want to talk about this and this and that. But as we gradually come, you know, like keep going, then a lot of stuff started panning out because now you're getting comfortable. Now you're okay with sharing, you know, this and that, that happened, good and bad stuff. So I just think that if people could just take a step back and just really look at themselves and be like, okay, I am going to just change this little piece and give a certain amount this time. And the next time they ask me, because it's going to be a next time, then I'll give a little bit more. And I think that will help with a lot of family dynamics too. I think something to add a little bit to that. I think we need to become, make it a, you know, you have meetings. I'm just making it in a word because just got out work out. But um, we have meetings about continuous things. Even in my field, we talk about progression, progression. We're going to fix this. We're going to fix this, address this, address that. But you get used to the rigor of the meeting over time. And I think that's how we have to somehow look at the family issues, the family conversations, make it a necessary thing. And it don't have to be every week. I hope you aren't, y'all ain't talking about traumatic experiences every week because good Lord. Um, but make it a common thing where, hey, I want us to have a sit down and I want everybody to be in attendance and be fully aware of everything that's going on. Like a therapy session, make it something, even if it's something that happens in the immediate family because you don't know what impact Y'all making that adjustment in that inner circle can affect everyone around y'all because it makes you look at things a little bit different. It makes you handle situations differently. If I know that, if I don't know that the things that I've done growing up have affected the person that is addressing that with me, how can I grow from it? How can I know I'm doing something wrong if you don't ever say anything? Yeah. So you have to say something and I'll have to, excuse me, I also have to be willing to receive it. Yeah. And I think that's a big issue that a lot of people are so much in their ways, as we call it. You know how they say people get older and get stuck in their ways. That's BS. Because yeah. everybody can change. But people get in their ways, quote unquote, and then they want to... It, it's almost like shutting down in a sense, too. Meaning, like, if you don't go about things the way that I'm comfortable with it or the way that I'm suited with it, I'm not hearing it. So that's when they get defensive and stuff like that. That was good, Chris. <laughs> that receiving part. <laughs> that that was very good. Very good. So kudos to you for even like bringing that up. Because a lot of people cannot receive things. They, yeah. they just can't. I had to learn. Listen, a lot of things, I, I can only address these things because I've had to deal with them myself. Either personally or maybe the people around me. So a lot of things I'm speaking on because there's things that I notice that I know need to be changed and I know that people need to grow from. So with that being said, um, we're going to take it back to another quick break. Okay. I said we have the Brutally Honest Podcast, Season 6, Episode 1. I'm your host, Chris, and we have our wonderful guest. Miss Talaya. We're going to give you a nickname in a second, but we'll, <laughs> we'll be right back with y'all. Y'all stay tuned. Thank you. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's the Real Honest Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris, and we have our guest. Since Chris wanted me to have a nickname, I'll just say you can call me Leia. That's what Shavante calls me anyway, so his guest, Leia. Listen, she getting comfortable, y'all. So... <laughs> We have Chris and Leah today for everybody that's wondering. So, um, this week, we're talking about addressing family issues and family problems and even family trauma. So, one thing that we've kind of talked about, I know we talked about fear, but I want to kind of get into some of the resolutions. I want to talk about some of the things even that you personally noticed, because I know you said you're on your healing journey. Mm -hmm. Um what are some matter of fact let's start there what are some things that you're doing or what are some things that you recognize in your life that you knew that you had to go into a healing journey 
so the biggest thing is the way I do relationships. That was like the biggest thing. Oh, you're going to say something. Go ahead. <laughs> so that was the number one thing. Um, the inconsistency with myself sometimes. Um, the not, so I, so I want to say not knowing my worth, but not pushing myself to the limits when I know I would evolve and I would go far. But again, fear kind of like stifled me like a little bit. So as far as relationships um, and even something that I just even pinpointed recently, so I can be totally honest, is so I moved back home a year ago. So my parents are divorced. And I noticed in the relationship pattern, number one, after they divorced, I didn't want to get married. Did not want to get married because I'm like, number one, how how can something to me that seems so good and so perfect phase out? Um, so why would I want to get married? Right. So then as the years has passed, okay, I'm open to it. However, I noticed some patterns as I'm as the years have passed that my mother had that I have gained and then if I look at some of the people that I have dated especially currently I would say they resemble my dad and the current one a lot of stuff that I um, allow now when I hear certain things that's happened in my parents um, relationship I'm like oh goodness my mom went through that (laughs) You know, so unconsciously, I didn't know that. But now it's like I am going through it myself. So it's like, when do I stop it now? And I just literally that part I picked up in the last couple months. Like, oh, shoot, like my mom is really she really went through what I'm currently going through. However, she didn't speak about that for so long. So now that I'm older, I feel like both of my parents, they're more open about what has happened. Um and I'm like I wish I would have known that then because I was in 11th grade when they separated in high school I mean in college when they actually got the divorce so I wish I would have known things then that could have helped me in the dating realm leading up to now that is (laughs) you spoke some facts see here's the thing and I, I hate to make it so relatable but it's true um my parents were married my mom and dad and they separated years ago long they were separated longer than they was divorced but even with them being separated and hearing the conversations and hearing some of the things you know even that i hear now as an adult um unintentionally i picked up habits from them like i'll say for instance my early on with dating and growing up in your early 20s and stuff like that there's a lot of things like we talk about on here whole phase but it ain't just Mm -hmm. that um (laughs) it's a lot of things we do freely because we don't think in that moment that we're creating what we want in the future we kind of live in the moment them days and i think people don't really recognize that it's very few that have the mental thing down where they just like no i'm not that no i'm not doing that and you know but some people need the failures to be able to grow. I was one of them people. I needed okay. those life lessons mm-hmm. <laughs> to help me adjust to what I do now. So I was wild. I wasn't wild like, you know, 20 kids. But I was, I was wild. I was doing what your average 21-year-old male in Florida is doing. Okay. Kicking. We're just going to call it that. Kicking. But the way that I handled relationships and stuff like that was horrible I I really was a horrible person when it came to dating of course I had good traits and good habits and whatever else but as far as my investment in the relationship it was piss poor and I can open and honestly say that now because I'm way past that and I see the amount of work that it takes to really truly love somebody correctly yes for it to be successful and see another thing that I noticed with me I tried to play victim when I really should have not been even doing those things honestly a lot of things from the 
I won't say cheating, but just moving around freely and hurting people along the way. I didn't realize that it also is draining me as well. Yeah. And it's making me fall out of really wanting to be compassionate and really wanting to be a lover like I truly am. So you, I had to go through a bad heartbreak or whatever for me to finally kind of regain who I should be. It was like a transitional phase. So in that transitional phase, I learned so much about myself and learned the good and the bad. And luckily, I did hear some of those conversations from my mother and father about some of the things they dealt with. So it made me change my perspective probably a little bit earlier than a lot of people really catch it. Okay. So okay. now that I'm in a different phase in life, I can love somebody correctly. It just happens to be your younger cousin. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can love somebody correctly and not feel ashamed about being true in my feelings and not be ashamed of being true in how I love that person. And then reciprocate it. Well, it's reciprocated to me from that person as well. So, and you, you definitely hit on a good point with that because I don't think we realize how much we gain from the people that we come from. Yeah, and and that's why I said, you know, like when even talking about my cousin, when she just asked her mom, she just wanted to know, like, just what did you go through? Because it's just like she's trying to figure out just like now that I know why I dealt with certain things well if you went through this mom then all right you handled it this way then maybe I can do it this way and then if I could talk about the faith or the religion like if you talk about God um I don't know if this is okay like I hope this is okay um because for me like I feel that it also puts you out of alignment with God too preach so it's just like when you deal with certain people, your life <laughs> could be like, why am I going through this? I'm not a bad person. Like, like I'm gonna, I'm really gonna pick it back off. Go ahead, I ain't mean to interrupt. You know, it's hard, but I'm just like, I don't understand <laughs> why am I going through this? But then you know, he's still giving you, you know, some blessings. But then like you're like, but I know I can get more than this, and I know I'm doing this, but you know. But it's like, why? But then when you move into the right alignment, whether it just be be by yourself or leave, you know, or or move into something with somebody else that's in alignment with God, then it's like, wow, all these, you know, everything that you felt you should have had would, would come plus some. So, you know, it's okay to be okay with sometimes letting go of things that you feel like especially if you're going through the motions and you're like wow like this is a lot (laughs) I don't understand why this is a lot and one thing that we try to hold on to in relationships or um in general and it could be like family wise too is we we, we keep trying to hold on thinking oh like if I hold on like if I do this differently things will change but sometimes it's just not in the will of God at the end of the day so sometimes you have to let things go and whether it's a family member like boyfriend girlfriend or friend if it's meant to be it's going to come back and it's going to come back better where your life is not impacted by it in a negative way so that's just what i wanted to say chris you're preaching somebody out there you're preaching me but (laughs) (laughs) one thing that you said that is i did not realize this till i got a little bit older you can be out of alignment with God based on the people that are around you. You mm-hmm. can have the, the biggest, I ain't gonna say Christians, any religious, any religious person could be so deep in but still give you hell on earth. And my thing is, how am I supposed to go by the things that they preaching about and the biggest supporter of that is a hellion to me. So mm-hmm. how am I supposed to be, you know, fully invested in what God is trying to do and I have such a negative image of the person that represents that from what I can see and I'm talking about from childhood mm-hmm. so you are very right about sometimes you have to be still sometimes you have to just be still and learn from everything else around you have to see things in a different perspective whether it's from people whether it's from seeing certain things from being introduced into different types of lifestyle you never know but i think we truly find god and i know this ain't about you know the episode about this but it's true we truly find god 
in those things. Yeah. And it reintroduces us to what we should be, like you say, putting us back in alignment. And then it allows us to grow into what our true form is. Yep. And I think that truly relates back to, like I said, the family dynamic. People have to see things in different perspectives and be able to not only receive it, but give it, but also be willing to grow. You said it best. We have to learn to let go. A lot of things we hold on to are unnecessary from grief, guilt, all those different things. You have to learn how to let it go because it's just like a memory bank. I can't let new things in if I'm still holding on to all this old fluff. True. Somehow you have to let go of that stuff, whether it's going to therapy. And see, my new thing is I find therapy in people. I can go to a therapist, that's fine. But I find therapy honestly in doing this podcast. Even sitting here doing this conversation today, it just made my mind look at things just that much different. Because the more you introduce yourself to positive influences and positive people and people who are somewhat on the same direction of life that you're trying to go or they're already there, it not only opens up your mind to want to learn from them, but it also opens up your minds for growth. So if I'm seeing a new perspective of things all the time, I don't have time to ponder on the things that used to happen in the past. Yeah, yeah, yep. And I think that's what really is necessary. So before we go to break, because this is what this part four is going to be. I think, like you said, it's the baseline of it. We have to allow growth. We have to learn to let go. And we have to also learn to accept the fact that we are not perfect human beings. And I think that's, that's about as true as it gets. That we have to not only be able to judge others. We're not really judging. We ain't supposed to do that. But, you know, point the finger at us. You have to point the finger at yourself and say, no, what first. am I doing? Yep. What What is Chris doing? What is Talia doing? Oh, I'm sorry. Leia doing. <laughs> <laughs> what is Leia doing? What is Chris doing that puts me in these positions where I keep failing at whatever I'm trying to do? Yes. And I think that's about as real as it's going to get. I, I can't really speak too much more on that because if you can't self-reflect on yourself, you can't like to say, look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, I got some messed up ways. Yes. <laughs> I, I am wrong. I accept that I'm wrong and I'm ready to fix whatever it is that I did wrong. Because it ain't always everybody else. It yeah. really be us most of the time. We just don't really Accountability it. for self at Talk the end on. of the day. Talk to them. But I'm going to pause right now because this last part will be good. Um, I'm going to take a still quick break. So this is Brilliant on this podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And we have Leah as our guest today. Leah from New Jersey. Um... <laughs> And say y'all listen to RWR Live 365 app. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back with you. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Brutal Honest Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And we have a guest today. Leia from New Jersey. You said it right this time. Look at you. You even got comfortable now. Good, <laughs> good. So this is season six, episode one. Just put it back out there. So welcome to the new season. Um, to kind of we're gonna kind of wrap things up on this episode. Well, this part of the episode. So we've talked about you know the good, bad, and ugly, but it's really family affairs and addressing family trauma and dealing with family trauma, so that other generations that are following won't have to deal with the same stuff they dealt with. Um, one thing that we talked about, we talked about fear, we talked about the growth, we talked about the healing journey. Um, but one thing that we haven't hit on is the ability for the older generation to learn from the newer generation. And the reason why I said they need to learn is because with this newer generation that we're in right now, this is the talking era. This is the communication era. This is the era where we ain't going to sit back and just let y'all, you know, do what y'all do and we're going to hush them. So yeah. that's one thing that the older generation is living in. So... I think this is a moment where those roles kind of switch. You know, most cases, naturally, the older generation or the older brother will teach the younger brother or the younger generation things, and that's how it works. But how do we get, and I know you're a teacher, so I'm going to let you kind of jump into this. How do we get to a point where we can 
make it comfortable for them to learn from what we're currently doing. So currently, um, what I would do if I was talking to my students or having them like model after me is I would show them by number one, apologizing. Because one thing that we do wrong or what we were taught, I should say, was we were never apologized to. So that was basically on, hey, let's go here, let's do this. But it was never, I'm sorry, and I apologize. So for even my students, for my daughter, or any person that's younger than me, I think showing them, hey, I'm sorry, I apologize. Um, it could be as simple as writing them a letter. Because um, I spoke on um, my life coach and how she had me write a letter to ask for forgiveness from certain people. And forgiveness, everyone, is not necessarily for the people. It's really for yourself to heal so you can receive blessings. So I just wanted to put that in, like, real quick. But when I did that and I wrote the letter and I was able to speak to my mother, I was able to speak to her from the letter. And from there, um, she seen how I was feeling and how I felt growing up. And it took some time, but... Um, like I would say year by year, if I can be honest, she slowly has been changing. Um, so, and also just sometimes just knowing that some people are just set in their ways. They, who, they are who they're going to be. So you as a person have to put up boundaries for yourself to know what you can and cannot deal with. So if you are looking for your mom to tell you something or your dad to tell you something from years ago, and you know every time it triggers you or it gets upset or they shut down, stop asking because it only makes you more upset. So from there, just just accept people for who they are, put boundaries up and deal with them in a way that benefits you and in is a healthy manner. So that's what I would do. Once again, you got me again. I'm sitting here quiet. Like I said, I'm like, I'm gonna say hello. <laughs> yeah, they, to get me quiet, you got to be speaking some truth, and you got me again. But yeah, you you did that. You, you did that. That whole writing letter thing. My therapist asked me to try that, um, and I didn't write a letter. I wrote a text message. Okay. <laughs> but in the okay. same sense, I wrote something and put it in that she could see it. But we had a conversation about it, um, and kind of similar to your situation, she slowly but surely started to make adjustments, not to change her character or anything like that, but mm-hmm. to make adjustments to handle our situation that much better. See, one thing in my situation is that my mother had to learn that I'm an adult. She had to finally make the peace that I'm no longer a child in her household, that I have to, you know, depend on her for things and stuff like that, that I'm a full-fledged grown man. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to make grown man decisions. So, which changes her perspective as a parent from, you know, guiding and teaching and staying on top and discipline and all this stuff to now just being more so a listening ear. Um... And I think a lot of people, when I say that, don't know their place in people's lives. Yeah. If you're a parent and your child is not growing into um, adulthood or adolescent child to maybe a teenager, the way that you handle them has to be different. I'm not sitting here coddling you all day if you're 13 years old. Just like if you're 25 years old and on your own doing your thing, I'm not here to make sure that you wake up and brush your teeth and wash your clothes. No, I'm here as a listening ear and guiding you in whatever way that I can as an adult. I have to deal with you differently. So with that being said, even with family, mm-hmm. we have to know our place. You said, yeah. a, you, you said a big one when you said boundaries. Boundaries absolutely have to be set with certain individuals. Mm-hmm. Even people who are setting their ways and people who are not are willing to adjust you still have to have some type of boundary in place because it sets something up that I'm not going to let it get past this point, but I'm also not going to let it get below what we have. Yeah. Meaning that we're going to operate in this window that I'm giving us to help us grow. Now, if it grows past that window, 
kudos that if it doesn't i'm not disappointed i'm not upset because you stayed in that box that i set for us yeah so that that's a big one we have to learn how to deal with people and we have to accept people for who they are just like yeah. your mother my mother i could have sent that message she could have been like child going on yeah yeah. And that just would have proved to me that even at a vulnerable moment when I'm being vulnerable with you, you're not respecting what I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. See, I think parents kind of, parents, adults, family members get set in them ways and they think that, oh, I'm the oldest or I'm your grandmother, I'm your great grand, you know, all those things and you forget you could be dead ass home just like anybody else. Just like anybody else. And that's one thing I have to realize, um, especially on my dad's side, I have to really, um, and, <laughs> and I feel myself saying this a lot to my aunt, I'm older now. <laughs> so it's like sometimes you don't have to speak to people a certain way, you know? So, and it's just like, so I'm not going to take what I took when, even when I was 18, you know, like, I'm not going to take that now. I'm going to let you know nicely. Um, but it's going to be in a way to, you know, like, to get my point across. And I'm not going to be rude about it. But I'm going to let you know, you're now talking to an adult who has, who has boundaries and who doesn't like it at the end of the day. And you're going to either respect it or you're going to move around. And that's it. And <laughs> that that is a true statement. I said that to somebody the other day. It's just like... I give respect the way that it's received. I, I'm not going to disrespect anybody. I'm going to handle everybody a certain way. But yep. once you disrespect me because you think of your position, and see, that can relate to life things too, but I ain't going to get into that. But <laughs> as long as you respect me, I will respect you. As long yep. as you show me a certain level of whatever it is, then we'll play on that same equal field. But I won't take you lower than you're taking me. Yeah. yeah, and I think, like, for me with my family, my grandmother is the matriarch of our family. She's the oldest out of her siblings. She's the all of that. Mm-hmm. So they kind of get on this high horse like they're untouchable. But see, I'm what they call the the redheaded stepchild out the group that <laughs> I need to address these things. You're not gonna deal with me any kind of way. You're not gonna push me to the side. You're not gonna treat me as if I'm not who I am yeah respect my position in this family just I I have to respect yours yeah and I think a lot of people forget that just like kids kids have a place in our families as well they're not just kids and they damn sure ain't gonna be kids forever no they grow up they grow up and we have to understand that yeah and we have to also be comfortable with understanding that even if we tried everything possible to raise them the right way at the end of the day, they're still humans. They're still they're human gonna, beings, yeah. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to come up in some failures. They're going to do all kinds of stuff, just like we did. And yep. then for people who have children, that is a direct representation of you in some way. That is true. So, Amen. Amen. Just like these adults, well, I won't say adults because we all adults at this point, but these older generation has to accept the fact that they weren't perfect. And I don't blame them for some of the things they did because a lot of yeah. people did things based off survival, not love. Not, yep. A lot of people weren't raised off love. I had an episode about that too. But we have to respect their generation. We have to respect some of the things that they went through. But one thing we don't have to respect is if they're just dealing with us any kind of way. Yeah. And yeah. the best, like I say, you said the teaching thing. But I think one thing that we have to understand as well is that it's all about the approach. If mm-hmm. I come, if I was to go to my grandmother and say, you was dead wrong for how you raised me, buzzy, 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 you know. She's going to shut it down. Exactly. She's going to shut it down. She's going to shut it down and it's going to shut down whatever progression I was trying to make. Yeah. But if I say, hey, I need to sit down and have a conversation. Well, if I write a letter or if I, you know, whatever way I find appropriate to communicate it, but I take it and what what they say not a soft girl era the soft girl yeah, way so. <laughs> uh-uh, to address it maybe they'll receive it a little bit better and with me going to that person see that's just the nature out of my family but your family you know it's a lot larger found that yeah. out 
the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but with you having so many different personalities that you have to deal with, you have to take time to understand who they are. You have to take time to understand where they come from and yeah. who they come from. Yeah. So sometimes going to the head of all of that can trickle down right in the middle of it. Yeah. So if your head is your father, try to address some things with him. And if it doesn't go in the direction that you think it is, you said it best. Leave it where it's at. Leave it where it's at. And you just have to act accordingly. And so I just, like, I do want to take you back off of that is that we do respect them. So I want everybody to know that, like, respect is first and foremost. It's just you may have to act accordingly if you go to them and you speak and it's not received in the way that you probably wanted it to be received. Um, And then from there, you just have to, again, act accordingly, like, move on and eventually people do come around um, eventually for, for most people and then there's some people that just take it all the way to their grave um, and you just have to be okay that that's the life they chose they chose it they chose not to disclose some things for a reason or or to address some things for a reason um, and you just hope that they went on peacefully and that you can go on peacefully with your life as well that's true. That, that's absolutely true. I definitely um, to kind of go on that. You sometimes have to make the peace with the situation by leaving it right where it said. That, right that's, with that. That's that's a grown up statement. That that's a grown up because if you tell me that, if you'd have told me that when I was sixteen, seventeen, I would be like, "What you talking about?" Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. my job is we ain't finna just let them be we need to talk we family but a lot of people abuse that family word um and i'm not saying to separate from family but sometimes sometimes truly you just gotta stay away from people yeah because it's like the old saying misery loves company and if i'm trying to live my life a certain type of way and i see that our lifestyles don't mesh if I see you in public, if I see you at a family function, hey, how you doing? Keep it, you know. Mm-hmm. That don't mean it's any beef, ain't no love lost. It just means that we are not able to coexist in whatever manner it is. And I'm okay with that. But I wish yeah. you the best, though. Yeah. I, I wish you the best. I truly do. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, it's been a great episode. I, I really enjoyed it. Cool. You had me get <laughs> quiet, so you should be. About that, but um, usually this time frame, we get people to give themselves a shout out. Any business ventures, anything like that, they want to put out, you can go ahead and put it out. Um, so, like, the biggest thing is, um, yes, I'm a teacher, but I am a doula. So, a doula is someone that helps support um, like women in labor. Um, so I am shouting myself out because I'm pushing myself to do uh, like more births and to be there for women because as we know, um, there's a lot of um, either infant or um, maternal um, deaths out there. Um, so just to have that extra person like to be that, hey, you know, like this is happening or also just give like some birth tips. Um, hit your girl up uh, like to be a doula so I am in New Jersey however I do travel um, and I just want all of you you know to stay up and to stay prayed up and to know that if you keep your faith everything will work itself out even in the midst of a storm and know that God got you you have an uh, Instagram anything you want them to follow to, if they want to get in contact with you um, T Hawk seven 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 is my Instagram. Love that number. Oh, you got the magic number seven. I see what you Yes, doing. because my grandma Hawk, you know, she, you know, she was the seventh child born in the seventh month on the seventh day. Talk to him. So, <laughs> um, you can follow us. Y'all know, um, Brilliant Honest. I think it's it. Brilliant Honest twenty twenty one. I think it's on Instagram. Um, but you know, you can find us on every streaming platform shortly after we go on air on Tuesdays at the Brutally Honest Podcast so you can find us. Uh, other than that, like I said, I appreciate you for coming on today. Thank you and for having me. You did an absolutely great job, so 
pat on your back and definitely I think when people listen to this it's probably one of the best episodes they listen to so well I appreciate that and I thank you for having me no problem so y'all check us out this has been another episode of the Bully Honest Podcast I'm your host Chris we have Leah from New Jersey um, <laughs> it's on the Art of Your Live 365 app and like I said follow up shortly it's on all streaming platforms at the Bully Honest Podcast y'all be blessed and we'll catch you next time bye